Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to News from the Torah. This is Leah Roney. Today is the 28th day of the Hebrew month of Nisan, April 19, 2023. And this week we're reading the Torah portion of Tazria. Um, and I would like to talk about something different, though. We are right now in a very special time period that is called Sfirat HaOmer, the counting of the Omer. This is a mitzvah, a commandment that the Jewish people got. And the counting of the Omer starts on the second day of Passover, the day after the first day, and lasts until Shavuot, until the holiday of the giving of the Torah. It's a 49-day period, and there is a special mitzvah to count the Omer every single day. And more than that, if you miss one day, then the entirety of the counting doesn't count. You still continue counting, but it's not the same. You really have to count every single day without missing one day. And this is a very special time because it is especially uh, meaningful for internal work, for becoming a better person, for improving your midot, your character traits. And I want to talk about this time, why it is so significant. So Rabbi Shlomo Elyashiv, who was the, fa- the grandfather of Rabbi Elyashiv that we are familiar with from our generation, lived in Jerusalem about 100 years ago. And he was a renowned Kabbalist. And in his book, Leshem, Shvo, and Achlama, he writes that there are 72 days of chesed, 72 days of kindness. They start on the 23rd day of the month of Adar, and the last until the holiday of Shavuot, and I think I might have mentioned this on the show a few times, but the first part of this time period, and from the 23rd day of Adar until the day before Passover, is the time when we clean out chametz. We clean out everything that is preventing us from being the best people that we can be. And I actually heard something beautiful. Chametz in Hebrew, there are Hebrew letters of chet, Mem and Tzadik. And these three letters signify Chayav Muchach Tzarich. I have to, I must, I'm obligated. Every time you feel you have to, you must, you're obligated, it prevents you from hearing your inner voice and doing the right thing. So cleaning out this feeling that other people have a say over who you are and what you are in a way that doesn't connect to your true self. That's the true chametz we need to clean out. Then on the first night of Passover, we celebrate the Seder. It's the time of internal freedom where God gives us the sense of freedom, that we're free, we are empowered, we can go and make things happen. And then from the second day of Passover until Shavuot, the 49 days, we're climbing the mountain and every day we're building an additional uh, 
floor, an additional experience that is taking us to our ultimate purpose, receiving the Torah, whatever that is for every single person. So this time of Sfrata Omer is a very auspicious time, and any work that you do on your personality traits during this time is compounded by God. It's like doing hours upon hours upon hours of work at other times. So I want to discuss this, Sfrata Omar. How do you do this internal work? And to do that, I want to start with a story from uh, the Rabbi Maharaj, Rabbi Shmuel, who was the fourth Lubavitcher Rabbi. And once a person came to him and said, look, I'm a very contriving person. I'm very sly. I have many ideas of how to get things done. And I can get things done in a very roundabout way. But I know this is not a good character trait. So I would like to get advice from your Rebbe. How do I fix this character trait? And the Rebbe told him, uh, okay, you have to fast 600 fasts. And the person said, what, 600 fasts? That's two years worth of fasting. If I fast one day a week, that's 20 years worth of fasting one day a week. That's huge. And the Rebbe said, what do you think fasting means not eating from morning to evening? That's not called fasting. That's called dieting. I'm going to explain to you what fasting actually means. And then he explained what it means, and we'll come back to it in just a few minutes by the end of the show to find out exactly what is that advice that the rabbi gave that person. But to understand what Sfirata Omer means, as in everything else, we need to look at the words and actually understand what the words mean. So Sfira, the letters, Samech Peirish, this word Sfira can mean a few things. First, it means to count. Second, it means sipur, like a story. It's the same root of the story. And the third is the root of sphira. Sphira are divine attributes that are reflected in our psychological makeup. It's the way that God um, communicates with the world, but it's also the way that we communicate with ourselves and the world, how we interact with each other. So, if we look at sphira, what does it mean to count something? We only count things that are precious. We count money, we count time, we count the footage of your house. Only things that are precious are the things that are counted. You don't go out to the uh, seashore count, start counting rocks. Okay, you don't count trees on the street because that doesn't really matter. You only count things that really, really count. So when you count days, that means that these days are really important, that every single day is like a precious jewel, and you want to do the most that you can with this day. Um, it is said that once there was a uh, for bringing a gathering of the Rabbi Arishab, the fifth Lubavitcher Rabbi, and somebody said that the, the Hasidim of previous Rabbis always counted. And what did that mean? They made their time count. They made their time precious. Because time is the one thing that keeps moving, that if we don't account for it, it's just going to go missing. We don't change so much if we don't choose to change. Our environment doesn't change until we choose to go from one environment to the other. But time continues marching on and without any a control on our part. So unless we actually 
take out time into account and count out time, it's just going to go by. And the older you become, the faster the time goes by. So this idea of making your time count, understanding that every day is precious, as the Lubavitcher Rebbe used to say, Make every hour count, and if every hour count, then every day counts, and then for sure tomorrow you will make it better than the yesterday was. So making sure that every day is more productive, bringing, making sure that you are counting for your hours and your days, this is part of this work. But there is a second part of this work, and that comes to the word Sipur. The word Sfira has the same root as the word Sipur. Sipur is a story. Now, all of us live in a story, in a story that we tell ourselves. Every single one of us is telling him or herself a story about this world, about him or herself, about our relationship with the world, about the people close to us about what we can and cannot do, about what is expected of us, and so on and so on. Every single one of us has a story, and we'll live in the story. Unless you change your story, unless you fix your story, you cannot change your life. You cannot change how you relate to the world. If, for example, your story is that you are a victim, and everybody wants to get you, you will lash out at people. Okay, And when people come and they feel... Uh, threatening to you, when you feel like you're being threatened, you will lash out because that's your story. The story is, I have to protect myself. And then it doesn't really matter how much work you do on the character trait of anger, okay? Or how much you say, I have such a short fuse. Of course you have a short fuse because your story is that I'm a victim and unless I lash out and protect myself, people will hurt me. But if you change a story, and you stop being a victim, and you stop seeing yourself as a victim, and, th and there's a lot of work to do to get there, then you don't have to work on the character trait of anger because you're not going to get angry because you're not going to feel threatened. So yes, it takes a lot of work to uh, stop feeling like a victim, and it's not just something you can snap out of, and, but that's the work that actually needs to get done, changing the story. Now, the second of the day, or you know, in a couple of days, after a person is bored, their parents call them a name. To call a name in Hebrew is likro shem. Likro, to call, is the same word as to read. And our sages say that when a person is born, the parents have an inkling of prophecy. They understand something about the nature, the inherent nature and journey of this child. And they give this child a name that is appropriate to that child's nature and journey and essence. So when parents call you a name, what they really do is they read the child and they read the child a name. They read the child, they read the child's essence, and then they express that essence with the name. So each one of us carries a name, and that name is part of our story. And our parents read us in a certain way since the day we were born, and that reading has become a part of our story. Now think about it. In Russian theater, there is a principle that if you see a gun hanging on the wall in the first act, that gun is going to shoot by the third act. So everything that's happening to you today 
is you writing another chapter in your life story. But just like any chapter book, chapter 19 is connected to chapter 1, 2, and 3. So every chapter that you're writing is going to be connected to the chapters that happened before, unless you can change that reading. Unless you can change that reading. Now, and that's called tshuva in repentance. Repentance in Hebrew is tshuva. Tshuva is from the word to return. And what tshuva means is that you can go back to chapters 1, 2, and 3 of your life story and change the story. So, for example, you know, just this week of a Passover, I remember it's something that was suppressed in my mind possibly for 40 years. When I was three years old, I had surgery done in the former Soviet Union um, without um, anesthesia. And the way it was done in the Soviet Union is that they set you down in a chair, they strapped you to the chair, you know, they held you, your parents weren't anywhere near. And I had this procedure done without anesthesia, three years old. Now, I haven't thought about it, but I thought, okay, what does that story mean to me now? And that story meant that I was abandoned and that people hurt me and that maybe I couldn't trust people. It meant all kinds of things that I didn't think about, but unconsciously that story was in my mind and it was sending messages into my present. But then I said, okay, so let's go back to that story and let's rewrite it. Why was that procedure done? Because I was getting sick. So it was done because of people that who loved me. My parents really loved me. They wanted me to be healthy. And the way to make me healthy was to have this procedure. And the doctor that got was the best doctor they could get. And he was a family friend. And he brought me ice cream afterwards. So really, under the circumstances, everybody involved in that story did the best that they could for my benefit. So now I could be reading that story as a story of abandonment and horror and how could they do this to a three-year-old child. Or I could be reading that story as a story of love and care. Now, it's 40-plus years later. It doesn't really matter what happened there. It doesn't really matter how it went. What does matter is what's the story that I'm telling myself about that event. Because the story that I'm telling myself about that event is now impacting my life story today. I can assure you that probably nobody else involved in the story doesn't remember it. I think the doctor probably doesn't remember it. And the nurses who were there probably don't remember it. And the, you know, the other cleaning staff that was in that hospital, they don't remember it. Nobody remembers it. The only person who remembers that story is me. And it's impacting my life today. And how I tell that story doesn't impact my story about me when I was three. It impacts my story about myself today, that I am the age that I am. So you can always go back and rewrite the story. And if the story is that you made mistakes, and if the story is that you hurt people, well, you can also rewrite that story. First of all, you can go back and ask for forgiveness and make it up to people and fix and heal the relationship. And even if the other people don't want to heal the relationship, they don't want to forgive you, you have to do your part. Our law says that a person has to ask for forgiveness three times. And after you've asked for forgiveness three different ways, three different times, if the other person doesn't want to forgive you, it's on them and it becomes their problem and it becomes their burden. You have done your part. So 
if you've made a mistake and hurt somebody, you can always go back and heal the relationship, at least on your side. That's number one. And number two, if you've done something that is wrong, you can once again fix it. What would you do today knowing what you know today? If you were in that situation today, knowing what you know today, what would you have done? Okay, now go and do it. You didn't do it the right way then. Well, find three, four, five opportunities to do the right thing today in the same experience. That's called Shvata Mishkal. That's the most perfect type of repentance where you win a situation and then and now you're going to replay the situation differently the right way and tell a new story about yourself. So this is the work of the story. The Jewish people left Egypt and our um, later Seder, the Seder night, is the time when we tell the story. We tell our national story. Pesach is from Pesach, your mouth speaks. The whole point of Pesach, of Passover, is to tell the story of the Jewish people. And there's so many ways we could have told that story. But the way we tell that story is... Egypt was bad. We were enslaved. God came and saved us. God did miracles for us. He took us to the, to the land of Israel. Amazing. Let's go celebrate. Okay? And we don't choose to be victims. The Jewish people have suffered through so much. But the story the Jewish people consistently tell themselves is there was somebody who wanted to kill ourselves, us. It was horrible. God saved us. Let's go celebrate. This is how we tell our national story. And that story actually makes us more resilient for the next time that, God forbid, something like that happens. So what's the story you're telling yourself? And the last one is Sphira. Sphira is a divine attribute, but it impacts and is reflected in our psychological attributes. So every single one of us has a character trait, an inclination that is particularly strong. Each Sphira, each one of God's 10 sfirot, 10 attributes, is a metaphorically incul- uh, linked to, com- to certain uh, um, color. So each one of us is looking through wor- the, at the world through glasses that are colored in a certain way. Some of us look at the world through pink colored glasses and some through blue tinted glasses. We each have a specific way of looking at the world through the Uh, attributes, the character traits that we were imbued with, that God gave us. Why? Because this is part of our mission. This is what we are supposed to do and create in the world. So if you understand what your sphera is, if you find the character traits, personality traits that are your strong suit, then, then you can do more with that. You need to acknowledge that and honor that, just like you honor your story, and to make that count, just like you make your story count. Make your story count. Make your strong suit count. Find it. But also with that strong suit, usually come some weaknesses. For example, if you're the kind of person that likes to help people, that you're full of chesed, of loving kindness, then it's also probably hard for you to establish boundaries. These two things are part and parcel of the same character trait. So by establishing more balance in your life, on the one hand, continuing to be that loving, giving person. On the other hand, creating some healthy boundaries that will protect you, but also honor the people that you're giving to, 
you can perfect your sphira, make it really count, and make it part of your story. So now I want to come back full circle to the story of this Hasid who came to the Rabbi Maharaj and said, okay, so how do I change? And the Rabbi told him, you need to fast. So what, what's a fast? A fast is when we stop eating. We eat because we feel a lack in ourselves. I'm hungry. If I don't eat something, I'm going to die. And we feel that internal lack with food, things that are come from the outside of us that really have nothing to do with us. Like a piece of bread has nothing to do with me. But I eat something external to me to keep myself going. When we fast, we stop eating and then we start living on our internal resources. Okay, I don't need something external to keep me going. I can use my internal resources to keep me going. So what the Rabbi Maharaj told this person, why are you so sly? Why do you do things in a roundabout way? It's because you don't believe that you can get them done in the in the regular way. You don't believe that you have inside of you what it takes to get this done. So you look for all kinds of tricks on the outside. You need to start fasting. That means you need to stop looking outside of you and start looking inside of you. And he told this person that every single day for 15 minutes, that person has to just sit down, close his eyes, and think about his soul. Who am I? What am I? What does God want from me? What am I strong through? So just listen to the voice of your soul. And the story is that within two years, this man turned around and became a completely different person. So this is what I suggest to you during these days of Sfirat Omer. Take 15 minutes a day, maybe 10 minutes a day, but whatever you can, 10, 15 minutes a day to just sit down, close your eyes, shut down the noise, shut out the world, look inside and find your own voice, the voice of your soul, of your nishama inside of you. Maybe you won't hear it at first because most of us are not used to listen to our nishama, to our soul. But after a while, if you create enough quiet, your soul will start speaking. Your soul will tell you who you are and why you count and why your time on this planet counts. This soul will tell you what your story really is and how you should be honoring that story. And your soul will also tell you what are your strong suits, what is your sphira, what is your particular character trait with which you can bring amazing things into the world. And with that, we can make this Sfirata Omer really, really count and become the amazing, glorious individuals that God created us on this earth. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your attention. It was amazing to have you on the show today. And with more news from the Torah, I will see you next week. Next week, we'll be celebrating Israel's Independence Day. So I will see you next week on Israel's Independence Day here on News from the Torah. Thank you so much. Have a great week. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. Just click the orange button at the top of the IsraelNewsTalkRadio.home page, log in as yourself or an anonymous guest, 
and join in on the fun. You'll meet other listeners from all over the world who listen to Israel News Talk Radio, and you can make new friends. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. It's the closest you can get to being in the studio with us. We love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips. With scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candlelighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel. Plus, little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Israel News Talk Radio. 